Matt Schaff and CA Terms here from DraftSharks.com, ready to talk some tight end strategy for your 2023 fantasy football drafts. My pal Herms here published a banger of an article on Saturday. And of course, it was on Saturday because it was way too spicy for a weekday. Looked back on tight end performance to try to guide our picks at the position going forward. And Herms, before we get into the specific results, can you tell me the scope of the research that went into this? How far back are you looking? What kind of things were you looking to track? For the purpose of this research, I thought it would be interesting to go back to 2016 and look at how tight ends were drafted in preseason ADP. Now, this is PPR scoring that we're talking about. Where they were drafted in preseason ADP and where they eventually finished in PPR scoring overall and PPR points per game by the end of the season. Because there's this concept that, you know, uh, drafting tight ends is just the most difficult thing in the world. How could we possibly know where to find the value? And I thought that was a pretty decent way to try and answer that question. And I think we found some pretty interesting answers throughout the research. (laughs) And it's especially interesting to look at at this position because obviously everybody knows how Travis Kelsey has done for a while now, but there also is this phenomenon at tight end specifically where at the beginning of draft season, people are like tight end feels deep this year. And then as we go further along, people are like tight end is not actually deep this year. Most of these guys are crappy and I was fooling myself. So it's good to take a look at the actual numbers and see what happens. See if it is deep. See if you needed an elite guy. See if elite guys actually come from the top of the draft. And that's where we're going to look at first in the results. We didn't need a deep dive to figure out that Travis Kelsey has been pretty good. And if you look at how the top tight ends finish, that's going to show through. So drafting Travis Kelsey has worked out well. How large is a the reliably good tier around him? Is there a re- reliably good tier around him? Or is it Travis Kelsey and the rest of the position? Travis Kelsey is definitely going to be your best bet if you're looking for the number one tight end hack in fantasy football. It's definitely going to be him. But the guys that are ranked within the top three typically end up being very, very good for you. Unless they succumb to some sort of injury, they're probably not going to fall outside of the top 12 both in overall and also in points per game. These guys are super solid. We'll go over some of those names later. But once you get past that top three, maybe top four a little bit, that's where things get into a bit of the danger zone, which is what I am calling the uh, tight end dead zone. Somewhere between around tight end four to tight end seven or eight-ish, that's where things get a little bit dicey and you don't really need to take them at their draft cost. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you probably see a table from Herms's article on the screen. Green, good. Yellow, a bit closer to neutral. Red is bad, generally with these things. And of course, the more yellow it is, the closer it is to red. So Herms, I guess, without diving too far in, because people got to read the article if they want all the goodies, but oh, yeah. just broad, from a broad overview, what are we looking at here with the green up top and some of the other things that you just mentioned with where the tight ends start to get dicey. You are not going to find a top three tight end toward the bottom of ADP. That's just a fact. It's it's very, very unlikely to happen. You'll even see, looking at that chart, anybody drafted tight end nine or later, probably not going to be an elite guy at the position. Once you get into the middle part and even, you know, toward the back end guys, somewhere around tight end eight to tight end 12, the hit rate is about the same at least in terms of them finishing top 12 it's generally pretty similar so it kind of just jumps out to you and says 
well, why the heck are we drafting some of these guys in the middle of ADP when we're just going to get the same thing that we're going to get a little bit later on? And it also just brings me to the point that we highlighted in this article that only 58% of the top 12 ADP tight ends end up finishing in the top 12 in PPR points per game by the end of the year. 58% of them. Now, loosey-goosey math will tell you that means you have about a 42% chance of just finding some rando really, really deep down the list that can probably finish as a tight end one anyway. So this is something that people really need to keep in the back of their minds as they approach drafts this season. Now, you talked about the elite tier in addition to Travis Kelsey, not just Travis Kelsey. So I guess, first of all, before we even talk about any names, how much has this research led you to target a top tier tight end in drafts for 2023? I think if I can do it, I would really like to. I am very much a proponent of the absolute all or nothing mentality when it comes to tight end. You either want to grab one of these elite players or just wait as long as possible, draft one, maybe take two, depending on how deep your bench is, something like that, and just play the odds that way. It goes back to that 58%, 42% thing we're talking about. You know, if you really want to make sure that you solidify that chance, absolutely take one of these elite dudes. Otherwise, just don't worry about it. People are going to be wondering exactly what makes an elite tight end, I'm sure, besides Travis Kelsey, because obviously it's it's easy to put Travis Kelsey in that tier. It's not quite as easy to put other guys in that tier right now. And there are probably going to be differing opinions on exactly who is or isn't in that. So let's go ahead and look at that top tier from your article. And we're listing Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller here. Now, Herms, do you think it's fair to call that the elite tier at tight end, the group that you want to target? And then if if maybe you either miss out or it just doesn't work out, whatever you decide to pass on this group, beyond that, you're waiting? Yeah, I think I think this is a pretty fair group to classify as the elite. And I know that in the in the graphs and all that stuff, we talk about there being a top three. We're kind of fudging it a little bit because Darren Waller really does belong in this group as that fourth, especially because you look at what is available on the Giants roster and the players that Daniel Jones is going to be throwing to this year. And Darren Waller is definitely the favorite to lead the Giants in targets, receptions, receiving yards, probably all of it, assuming that he can stay healthy. And that's a very unique thing that not a lot of tight ends can do. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller are definitely those dudes that are probably the safest bets to lead their teams in receiving. And then yeah, TJ Hawkinson, yeah, he has to play with Justin Jefferson, but you look at what he was able to produce after being traded to Minnesota last year in an offense that ranked top five in pass rate and pass attempts last year. I mean, the volume is just going to be there for it. We feel he'll probably be able to replicate some of that success from last year. Those dudes are definitely worthy of this 100%. And Minnesota is going to be a pass leaning offense again. They were last year in the first year with Kevin O'Connell, and then they let Dalvin Cook go. Uh, they have Alexander Madison as their top running back. So this team is going to be pass leaning. That's going to help the passing volume for everybody. Assuming that you miss out on that top shelf, whether it's by choice or just how it falls out, because we're talking about four tight ends here. So that's, a, you know, a third of your league if you're a 12 team league. So most people are not going to be able to get an elite tight end. What's the plan if you don't get one of those top four guys? There are players sort of ranked in the middle that I think are pretty talented guys. We all agree are pretty talented guys, but you don't really necessarily want to take them at their draft cost. So we talk about this at Draft Sharks all the time. Just pursue value above everything, above all else. You have to make sure that you are getting these guys in a spot where it makes sense. The charts will tell you 
don't necessarily take them where they're going, but if they fall a round or two, maybe even three, something could absolutely surprise you. Scoop one of those guys later. Otherwise, just look, those guys rank toward the back end, and we also have some other players we kind of like ranked outside the top 12. Maybe just like look for those dudes. Wait as long as you can. Just wait and get the value where you can find it. Is there a specific group that you found yourself passing on? Because for me, the range where it's Dallas Goddard, George Kittle, uh, Evan Engram, that's just where I, I'm just going to wait on tight end if I get into that range and I don't have one and I'm not looking to stack a tight end with a quarterback in a best ball lineup. I'm fine with waiting beyond that group because I think there are similar values or at least guys with similar upside. And that seems to kind of be where it matches up with the research that you mentioned, where you're not gaining an advantage by taking tight end six versus tight end 12. I'm with you completely. The numbers definitely bear it out. And when we talk about players like Dallas Goddard, like George Kittle, we're talking about very talented tight ends, very talented athletes, but they're in offenses that have a lot of really talented wide receivers around them that are going to soak up a lot of work. You know, let's talk about Kittle, for example, over there in San Francisco. He has to deal with target competition from the backfield with Christian McCaffrey. And then the pair of wide receivers, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, that's a lot of mouths to feed. And a lot of his fantasy success from last year came from an absurdly high touchdown rate that is in no way sustainable. So if you want to take him by all means, go for it, but don't do it where he's being drafted. There's too many mouths to feed. And with Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, very busy offense as well. Just like too many mouths to feed. And if there are guys that you don't want to be totally out on and you are drafting a bunch of teams, then maybe you wait for the draft where George Kittle falls below where he normally goes. Take a shot on him there because that's when a player like that does make sense. David Njoku is a player I want to highlight in that vein, because if you look at our rankings, he seems to be right smack in the area where we're saying don't bother with tight ends. But David Njoku is eighth in our PPR rankings. He's 10th in ADP. He could even get a little bit beyond that. So that's the kind of player that's fine to target in that range because our ranking has him higher than what ADP has him at. So if you draft him at ADP, you're getting the value by getting somebody that we rank higher than where the market has him is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, we think about this Browns offense taking a step forward this year. We also saw David Njoku produce like an absolute baller last year. And if he's falling past where we have him ranked, that just pursue value above all else okay it's right there it's the mantra here at draft sharks that is like the textbook definition of doing that and of course the longer you wait for a player the further you get into the draft the less the opportunity costs and we'll talk more about that in a minute some late tight end targets you don't even have to get there's no level where you need to get a tight end and we're talking about how if you go beyond the elites then there comes a level where you don't get an advantage by reaching earlier so let's say you just want to wait until the very end and then target somebody how about some favorite targets for the later rounds of fantasy drafts, whether it's somebody that you think could turn into your starter or a group of guys where you're pairing two and seeing what happens. There's one that really pops out in my head that I know that you and I both agree on for sure. And that's Hayden Hurst of the Carolina Panthers. He's now, they gave him a lot of money in free agency. I think plenty of people were very surprised to see the contract that they offered him. But look, there's not a ton of pass-catching experience down there in Carolina. Bryce Young, rookie quarterback, he's going to have to lean on some veterans to be able to you know, just help get him through this rookie season. And there have been reports indicating that new head coach Frank Reich is making it a very tight end friendly offense, which, you know, you see things like that. You also see Hayden Hurst ADP and, you know, some alarms go off in your head and it says, oh, bingo, jackpot. There's some potential there. 
He's probably my favorite. And then also just want to quickly shout out the rookie Sam Laporta with the Detroit Lions. It's tough to sell yourself on a rookie tight end. Of course, we all know. But the opportunity is definitely there. Once you get past Amon Ross St. Brown and whatever rookie running back Jameer Gibbs is going to contribute in the passing game, the opportunity is wide open. Jamison Williams is going to be opening the year serving a six-game suspension. Who knows what else is going to be going on? But again... Those camp reviews, the little buzz, it's out there. So he's a guy that you could definitely target as well. And in a deep enough draft, you could pair those guys together at the end of the draft, or you can draft Sam Laporta, keep Hayden Hurst in mind as somebody who's probably going to be on the waiver wire after your draft as insurance in case Laporta is not working out. The one thing I would say to keep in mind is if you do wait for somebody late, and they don't work out initially, don't be afraid to go ahead and move on. Keep in mind what you actually paid for a player, and there's just no reason to cling to a round 12, round 15 guy. Another player that is kind of entering that level is Chigakonkwo, and I'm going to bring up his ADP change from the page on DraftSharks.com, from the ADP page. You can see people were getting excited back in the, I guess, early heat of best ball season right after the NFL draft, right around the NFL draft, and he was getting pushed into the top 12. People then got unexcited once they signed DeAndre Hopkins. That's maybe coming up a little bit on his ADP now that Traylon Burks is hurt. But in any event, you can get a Conquo much later now than you were in those best ball drafts back then. And anywhere inside of tight end two range of ADP, I'm totally fine taking a shot on Chigakonko, especially now that we have the preseason data, which says he's running like a full-time tight end with these Titans. Which is a super important thing to do. And also, I think something that people need to keep in mind, adding in DeAndre Hopkins, like, sure, it certainly caps Okonkwo's ceiling, but there's still enough wealth to be spread around in this offense. Granted, a low passing volume offense, but still enough work that Okonkwo can still be probably the number three target and even some weeks the number two target in this offense potentially i think where he's started to crater off to now is a perfect spot to be able to take a shot on him and a key thing to keep in mind with tight end in general is you just don't need nearly as much opportunity volume from tight ends as you do for wide receivers and running backs they can get by on fewer opportunities two keys for me drafting tight ends in general and they're both related to value as you brought up earlier flexibility in my draft. So don't feel like there's a range where you have to get a tight end because that's where you get into trouble and opportunity costs. The later you get into your draft, the less opportunity costs you're giving up to take a shot on whatever tight end it is you're choosing. And opportunity cost means, you know, not just comparing the tight ends to other tight ends, but comparing that pick to what you are not getting at another position. If I've got my running backs, my wide receivers, my quarterback, and then I'm picking a tight end, not a whole lot of risk of taking a shot on David Njoku or whoever I'm targeting at that point. Couldn't have said it better myself. Bingo. 100% man. Check out Herms' article on DraftSharks.com. And if you've got a favorite tight end target, let us know in the YouTube comments. If you like this content, please subscribe. Get notified whenever we publish something new. Please consider giving us a rating, a review, a thumbs up, a share on the socials. We appreciate all of that. And if you want to know exactly where we would recommend targeting your tight end in your specific draft, make sure you click the screen to set up your draft war room to get those recommendations customized to fit your exact settings.